Hi, I'm Patrick John Fluger, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's. Welcome to a special edition of Meet Us at Molly's. As always, I'm one of your hosts. My name's Gina. I'm joined by Bryna. Hello, everybody. And we seem to have picked up some random person somewhere along the way. I think she goes by Ashley. Hi, I'm back. Oh, my goodness. Yay! Goodness. Well, the reason we've come together today is because we have a very special guest. Um, We'll take it back to March at the Chicago Heroes event when we met a little person by the name of Patrick John Fluger. And... He offered to come on the podcast, and we were able to make that happen, and so he is here today, and we're going to have a chat with him. So exciting. Patty, how are you? Ladies. Hi, Patty. Good, how are you? Good, how are you? I can't complain. Just uh, finally escaped the Chicago weather and got out to sunny California, so I feel pretty good. Very nice. Did you forget to charge your phone, Patty? <laughs> yes. Yes, but I think we should be good. I've got, I've got, I've got the portable charger on the charger. I left this phone on the charger for a couple minutes. I think we should be all right. I'm at forty-six percent. Oh, that's good. That's good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we should be, so we should be fine. Yeah, yeah. We are so happy to have you on. Thank you for finally coming on the podcast. We've been waiting for this since the convention. Well, I'm glad to do it. I'm glad to do it. I appreciated you guys' questions at the convention. That was so much fun, by the way. That weekend was so much fun. Yeah, it was a good time. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. I I thought the night at, at Molly's was pretty fucking cool. Can I swear on your podcast? I swear all of the time. Yeah, we swear all of the time. Um, yeah, okay, I swear great. all the time. Go for it. Go for this it. This is good. This is good news because I, I can I can definitely try and curb the swearing, but sometimes it's going to probably sneak out. So I'll do my best. There's no fun in that, though, right? There's never any fun in that. That. <laughs> okay, so we'll just jump right in with the questions now. We've already seen next week's episode, so like. No spoilers or anything. We've already seen it, so we're just going to, like, jump right in. Oh, you have? We have. And what yeah, did you think? Yes. Yeah. Holy shit is what we thought. Yeah. Yeah, fair in- enough. <laughs> yeah. Fair crazy. enough, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. So, All right. things are well, getting- let's jump in. Yeah, yeah. So, things are getting really heavy leading into this finale. So, Antonio and Voight just had their biggest confrontation yet. Now Alinsky's been stabbed a casual like ten times, and yet through yep. all of this, through all of this though, Adam's been kind of quiet. So what's going through his head at this point? I think that you know right now, just because of what happened with with everything with Woods in the beginning of this, and uh, trying to protect his family, and then getting caught up and you know, ultimately getting busted by two of the guys that I, I, you know, he considers his mentors, especially Alinsky. I mean, Alinsky's 
you know, a father figure for him. I don't know. I think, you know, he's the only one in the unit outside of Alinsky and Voight who actually knows what, what's going on. You know, he's the only one that's party to all of the tricks that they're trying to pull behind the scenes. And uh, so I think, you know, I think he's just trying to go along for the ride and be a good soldier. But at the same time, you know, he's watching Voight run into a bunch of dead ends. And this is the guy that can always get it done. He can always yeah. take care of business. He can always handle it. You know, it's like the safety that you felt with your parents when you were a kid. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really need to deal with it. Mom and dad will take care of it. I feel like, you know, Voight is the dad of the unit and daddy Voight doesn't know what the fuck to do at this point. <laughs> and I think that that's terrifying, both because of the situation, you know, Al might go to prison. Someone's going to prison at this point. But also, that's just a scary, I think, uh, it's scary for Adam to, like, see this person that always has the answers, not have any answers anymore. So, uh, you know, I think I think he's scared. I also think he's conflicted, you know what I mean? Like, he wants, he wants to protect Alinsky. He wants to protect Voight. But, you know, you just saw in a couple episodes past where there was a guy he was undercover with that want, needed him to lie for him in a court of law, and he just couldn't do it because he was like, they, they'll find out. And you're going to get in trouble, and I'm going to get in trouble, and it's, you know, it's just not the right way to go about things. And I think his morals kind of, you know, he, his moral compass is a little all over the place. I think he's an incredibly conflicted individual at this point. Interesting. Bryna, do you want to jump in? Yeah, no, I was just going to say, also that when you were talking about how, you know, nobody in the unit really knows, I mean, obviously now in next week's episode they find out because there's the trial. Um, but up until that, do you think, like, everyone kind of has an idea? Because, like, we've talked about a lot that, like, they can't not have some idea of what's going on, even though Ruzik might be the one who actually knows and knows, like, all the details. But, like, they've got to know something's up, right? Right. I think that, you know, it's everybody kind of operates under plausible deniability, you know. Even when when Voight killed the the dude that killed his son, I think we all knew on some level, what happens. We know that something happens. That guy just disappeared off the face of the earth. We all went to a house that he was supposed to be at. And he wasn't there. And neither were Lindsay and Boyd. So, you know, I think we all understand who this man is that we're dealing with. Um, <clears throat> you know, but... I, so, yes, I agree with you. I think that everybody has an idea that something's going on, but I think that save for Antonio, people would rather turn kind of a blind eye. You know, Voight's not incredibly upfront about his, his personal life and how he, you know, navigates things politically. So I think that people realize when they enter that unit that you don't really ask questions of him. You don't ask questions of motive. You kind of do as you're told. That's the best answer I can give. Uh, so, go ahead, Brennan. No, go ahead, Gina. Okay, so, you know, 
if we look at the season as a whole, it seems like season five was just one big bundle of hard decisions for Adam. So, I mean, how do you feel like he's changed in the past 22 episodes? Do you feel like it's been a rough year for him? Yeah, I think that there's been, it's been a roller coaster ride. You know, I think he's trying to grow, grow up a little bit, grow into the job some more. Um, and he's finding that, you know, it's not quite as black and white as it was when he, when he started, you know, the, the whole thing with Alinsky, one of the most interesting aspects for me of this storyline is that, you know, Alinsky, this wily old vet who was, you know, became fairly pessimistic over his time in the force, a really good cop, but at the same time kind of had his naivete beat out of him over years and years and years. And I think Adam's going through that exact same process that Alinsky introduced, you know, Alinsky introduced the idea to him when they first started working together, when they were partners, that, you know, you can't just run and you can't just do the right thing because things are more complicated. Things aren't black and white. Things are gray and things are, for the most part, rough. At least I think that's how Alinsky sees things. And I think that through Alinsky's downfall and Voight's, you know, walking of a tightrope, he's learning those lessons Mm -hmm. in a way that he hadn't up until this point. That this year he's learned a lot of lessons that that have been suggested to him in the past, but he's never been confronted with up until until now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I think it's been a pretty tough year for the guy. Um, Yeah. I think he's he's you know next year is going to going to start off with him continuing having to make a lot of decisions you know yeah. about who he is and who what his north star is Yeah so and I mean speaking of next year and you might may not be able to answer this but we had to try so does that mean there's definitely a next year do you know something <laughs> Darling, you you may know more than me I, they don't tell us anything, and that's not a lie. That's not me diplomatically trying to get out of answering the question. That is, they they just don't tell us anything. I would gather that we will get picked up again. We win our hour every Wednesday night um, because of devoted fans such as yourself. God bless you. Um, but uh, yeah, so I would I would gather that that we would come back. I would be very surprised if if they moved on from Chicago PD over at NBC. We would too. We would gather the same. It's just, you know, we're just waiting on official word. We're just impatient. Yeah, no, you and me both. You and me both. I think uh, I think we'll have a better idea in the beginning of May. That seems to be when they start making release, uh, press releases of who's staying and who's going. Yeah, yeah. So. Ashley, do you want to jump in here? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, talk about next season. What do you have? Like, what are your hopes for next season, like storyline wise? Um, what are my hopes for storyline? I, you know, I think that I'd like to see him continue to deal with the, you know, the. Uh, I'd like to watch the education or, or perform at least the education of Adam Ruzek like the ongoing education of Adam Ruzek. 
you know, these, these situations that he's consistently presented with that challenge his moral makeup and challenge what he thinks right and wrong is. I want to see that continue. I'd, I'd love to address the fact that, you know, the first one, the moment he put on a badge, the first person to to talk to him about these things and teach him about these things was Alvin Olinsky. And now with, with uh, you know, again, the downfall of Olinsky being this big te- teachable moment for him, this big, this big change for him and, and watch him kind of continue to deal with that. Also, I think, you know, at this point, after what happened with Woods and Voigt finding out, you know, he was in a really tough spot. I think he thought he could get out of it on his own. And he thought he could manage that and protect his sister and protect Voigt and protect himself all at the same time. And, you know, when that, when that didn't work out and it ended up that, you know, he got caught and he had to come clean that now I think he's, he's incredibly devoted to, to Hank Ford. He's incredibly devoted to his sergeant, even though he questions his actions sometimes. I think he's, you know, he's willing to uh, step in and, you know, he's ride or die at this point. Yeah. 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 And going, yeah. And going off of um, just uh, what you were talking about with the whole Denny and Voight stuff and that being a huge part of Adam's storyline this season, when they first told you that like this was going to happen and, you know, Ruzik was going to be a mole for lack of better words for Denny, what was mm-hmm. your first thought? Like when you read that in the script or they told you, did you find out in the script or had they told you like, what was just your first reaction to that whole thing? I asked if I was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Cause the last time that somebody was a mole within the unit, they died. His right, name was Jim. Right. He was in the first season. He was a mole, and he got ginned. That's a verb. That we, 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 we've created a, a term out of it. It's called getting ginned. When they kill somebody off or when somebody leaves the show, you got ginned. Sorry, Archie. That's how we keep your memory alive, buddy. Um, yeah, so I, I just I assumed, okay, if they're going to do this, you know, this is their way of kind of maybe – divorcing him from the audience slowly, maybe, you know, take some of the goodwill that they might have built up over the years uh, so then they can kill kill me without too much uh, backlash from fans. Um, that was not their intention, but, you know, I, uh, I don't know. I'm a little paranoid. I like my job, so my immediate assumption was, oh, I'm getting fired. <laughs> That's well. funny. That's funny. You know, the trend we always notice is not so much when people, like, quote, unquote, get ginned, but we've noticed that all of the children of the detectives on these shows, they never seem to survive, and that's kind of alarming to us. Yeah, that's a good point. I've never really thought about it like that. Um, you know, it's it's funny you bring that up because Ruzik had, like, five kids, uh, you know, before, like, the – I'm just kidding. This was a this was a bad joke. It was a bad setup. It was never going to work. Um, yeah, I I don't know what that is. I think that you know they got to find a way to keep things dramatic. And killing people's children is certainly a way to keep things dramatic. 
you gotta tell John to like keep an eye on Antonio and Eva because they're like the last ones standing. So I know. Yeah. Well, I always think it's funny because Eva really played like Eva's very much alive on our show. Yeah. But we never hear about Diego, whereas apparently yeah. Diego is like the guy over on fire that constantly gets talked about. <laughs> so just like divorced parents, he like his children split time between the show. It's very strange. And I'm, I always ask him. He's only got a picture, I think, of his daughter on, on his desk, too. Like, Diego doesn't exist in our world, but he very much exists over on fire. Very confusing. Oh, Fuck I'm my paper. Up for that one now. That's funny. Yeah, that's really, that's at least funny. this season that seems to be the seems to be the trend. That's hilarious. That's really funny. So yeah. going back to what you had said about the education of Adam Ruzik, I mean, looking yeah. towards season six, the mystery season six that we're pretty confident is going to happen, but we don't know for sure. Do you think <laughs> fingers Adam fucking to, crossed? Yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. But do you think Adam would be interested in taking the detectives exam? Yeah, you know what we. Um, we uh, haven't really explored that. I mean, you know, the, apparently Atwater just got put up for detective, you know, earlier in the season, but yeah. we never really followed through on that. So I, I don't, I don't, I feel like before Ruzek's going to do it, I think Atwater, they, they would probably close that storyline out. But yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, he never even really graduated in my mind. I, I don't even, you know, we never saw him put on a cap. I, right. I don't really know. That's what I've always I don't said. really know what. That's what I've always wondered. What, if he ever actually graduated and, like, became a police officer and everyone's like, yeah, sure, he totally did. I'm like, but I didn't see it. So, like, did it actually happen? I, I don't think he, I don't think he, like, he graduated in the sense that people normally do. I, I, I feel like I talked with Matt Olmstead about this, the the show's creator along with Dick mm-hmm. Wolf, and he was he was saying that, you know, no, he you, you basically finished out your education on the streets. So, yes, you got your diploma. Yes, you completed your training, but you didn't go back into the academy after they pulled you. So yeah. I guess I graduated? That's, that's the way I understood it. Yeah, we're um, fine with it. So, yeah, there we go. I think, I think just go with what Matt Olmstead says is always a good – it's always a – a solid bet. Um, but yeah, there, there was actually, I think there was in the first or second season, they had a whole idea for um, an episode where we're working a case. And then at the end of the episode, everybody frazzled having like not even gone home to shower or change rushes over to the graduation ceremony. And I kind of like rush up on stage, you know, all frazzled and, tussled hair and a mess and get my, you know, and graduate. Um, (laughs) I know that was actually an idea that was on the table for a while there, but they, they just never ended up following through on it, but that would have been fun. That would have answered a lot of these questions for, for all three of us. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, So, just looking to oh, yeah we like we took notes in like a hurry so I'm just kind of looking to these okay so let's talk about Burzik because I mean we can't not right so fair enough yeah at the convention at the Chicago Heroes event we talked to you about this at Lottie's and you probably don't remember but we of course do but Marina had said that she doesn't think that Ruzik is ready to give their relationship another go 
what do you think? I see. I disagree. Same. I Thank disagree you. wholeheartedly. I I just <laughs> I keep you know I keep man. I keep hearing that, you know, Berzik screwed it up. Berzik pushed her away. Berzik, or excuse me, Ruzik isn't ready. All this, see, no, BS. I I call bullshit. She did some goofy push test that her partner that was apparently in love with her, Uh you know, convinced her was a good idea. She does this push test. Look, Adam, you know, he's like a big puppy dog. He's very good at his job, but... I think he just assumed that things were freaking awesome. And he didn't, you know, she wasn't necessarily communicating to him that he wasn't doing things that she needed him to do. I think it's the age-old man-woman back and forth where, like, he just, he didn't know. This is my (laughs) argument. And then the push test, which was really manipulative, and I blame Roman for that. You know what I'm saying? But... By the way... I don't know. I, he failed this goofy test that I don't think was a very solid indicator of how much he cared about her. But at the same time, you know, I, I, I think, I think, you know, when, when, when she kiss, kisses Ruzik in this season and says, let's go back to my place. I want to have some fun. Mm-hmm. That scene, he really was serious. Like, let's fucking talk about this. Let's try and work this out. And I think it's her that's kind of like, no. I, 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 we're not, we're not ready, but yeah, look, this, their love is undying. It's just going to be there. It's just going to be a thing. No matter what she ends up with another guy or he ends up with another girl, that guy or that girl are going to be incredibly threatened by the relationship between Burgess and Ruzek because it's just going to always be a thing regardless yeah. of their, you know, the title that, 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 that they as a twosome hold. Yeah. Yeah. I don't did know. I, did I, I make did I make my argument pretty solidly though? Because I feel impassioned about it. I really feel like Ruzik took a lot of the blame for why they broke up, and I think he was crushed. No, yeah, you know, I, was I mean, crushed. Uh, we were crushed. We're still crushed. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're still not over it. I just remember the rant at Lottie's being a lot more expletive filled, but that was pretty spot on. Yep. Yep. Yeah, no, it was probably a little more. There's probably some more swear words. See, I'm trying, guys. I'm trying. I'm I'm succeeding in a mild way, I think. If you've ever heard an episode of like one of our shows, you would know how much we curse, like all the time. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Well, yeah. holy <laughs> shit, you guys, are women after my own heart. Uh, <laughs> Brian, do you want to throw one out there? Yeah, no, going off of the Burzik idea, because I know there's been a very noticeable, like, with season five and with Rick Eyes being the new showrunner, um, there's been right. this shift of tone, and I know they've kind of moved away from some of the, like, relationships and the personal stuff and focused a little bit more on, like, real world and, like, cases and things like that. So do you think that it's going to take, I mean, like, do you think it's going to be a while before we see more Burzik? Because I know you were talking about at Con that, like, you and Marina try to do stuff like in the background, like here and there, but do you, I mean, do you see that it's like Burzik ever being like a actual relationship on the show again, or just like something that's going to take forever and ever to get to, but we know it's happening. I mean, you know, again, it's like, that's just not part of my job description. <laughs> I, I wish, right. I wish it was, I wish I had a little more say. Um, but you know, it's kind of up to the writers. I will say though, and I think I told you guys this when we 
when we met that, I, you know, they've tried to move yeah. away from it. They really have. And it's, right. it's only because the fans appreciate the relationship so, so much. And the fans, you know, it, it's only because of the fans that it's stuck around because they, they've, they've definitely tried to move away from it to open up other story story opportunities and it's just it's like the audience which is you know you guys are more important than anything the audience just doesn't care for it so i i can't say exactly what will happen um right but i i gotta think this is it's going to continue to be a thing you know we would love both marina and i would love to see it be a little more solid and be like in a very um realized part of our on-screen relationship um you know to add that lawyer that layer to it and uh hold on one second ladies um so yeah i i don't know i think it'll i think it's going to be around i think it's going to be around i don't think it's going anywhere yeah, yeah just in going off of the shift in tone just in general this season, I mean, you know, because like I said, it's really shifted away from, like, the personal and the relationships to more of, like, a real-world case-focused show. Like, has that changed how you've approached just the season as an actor? Like, has the shift in tone of the show just, I mean, has that just changed how you've approached each script and each scene? Yeah, I mean, I got to be honest, I, I, I kind of disagree with you. I felt like um, about around season three and season four, we became, I personally feel like we became a little more case heavy, a little more, um, a little more procedural, um, mm -hmm. you know, at least at, certainly in season four, I felt that way that right. when you saw personal storylines for the most part, more often than not, it had to do with Aaron Lindsay or Hank Floyd. Um, and whereas this season, I, I felt like, you know, with stuff with Atwater and his brother and sister, um, <clears throat> with Burgess, you know, dealing with this woman that was, you know, going vigilante style on rapists. I, I, right. I personally felt that this year got was... I mean, as personal as any have been, if not more. But, I mean, that's just that's just my my view of it. That you know, right. Upton I thought had some really beautiful episodes this year, and Tracy killed it. Um, you know, and I think really introduced her to the to the audience. You know, where where the stakes it, certainly you're talking about a case, but where the stakes within the case were very personal and very high. I think we just had an episode where. A girl uh, comes to Voight for help that he gave his card to a long, long time. Or his wife gave his card to a long, long time ago, and you know, and he's trying to get her out of this toxic relationship that she's in. That ultimately, and I hope everybody's seen it because I'm gonna spoil it. You know, gets her killed. <laughs> and yeah, devastated it about it. So, so I mean, I I can see where. I can kind of see where you're coming from, but I personally have felt that, you know, a lot of this, I personally have felt like we've, we've told some, some stuff that felt personal to me anyway. Um, I, I do like going home with the officers more 
uh, often than not. But just kind of with the kind of show that it is, you know, people show up, they want to see that case of the week. That's kind of what they show up for. Certainly they want to watch these characters that they care about, you know, in the midst of that storytelling device. But they, you know, ultimately come there for the case of the week. So um, I think it'll, it's always going to be that. But uh, as far as approach, though, I think we definitely have tried to, you know, make it a little more raw and gritty. I think that Rick, Rick Eade, our new showrunner, and Eric Lasalle, our new uh, executive producer, like producing director, have come in. They're just trying to give it a little more, a little more grit. You know what I mean? A little more. Um, you know, we're not. It, it certainly doesn't have as many lighthearted moments. Kind of trying to right. take on the reality of of everyday Chicago, um, and and I like that. You know, I I I think that there's enough cop shows where you know people are quipping back and forth, you know, making quippy comments and then moving on. <laughs> I think it's kind of neat to to I feel like we're a little bit different. Just even yeah. if it's just a slight difference, we're a little bit different in the way that we maybe keep a little grittier, a little more realistic, hopefully. I think that's our intention. Yeah, for sure. So, Patty, I'm ready. in terms of the season finale, so where does the season finale rank in terms of heartbreak? Is it like the time Justin Boyd died, or is it more like when Aaron left? <laughs> uh, I can... Uh... The second time Aaron left, not the first time. Right, the first time where you knew she was coming back. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think I can – I don't know how to answer that. I mean, you know, I think it, it's all – it all depends on – I can't answer that. I can't answer that. If I answer that, I think I'll be giving too much away. I, okay. I, I will tell you this, that it's an important episode. I will tell you that I think – you know, people will be talking about it after it gets done. Um, and I think it'll be, you know, I, I haven't seen it yet. Um, you know, we just wrapped it up about a week ago, but I think it's going to be, it's going to be a good, tough watch. How's that sound? That sounds cool. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. That sounds vague. Yeah, that sounds great. So, Patty, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. We appreciate it so much. Thank Absolutely. you, Patty. Thank you so much. I appreciate you inviting me. Yeah, of course. So we'll see you at the con next year, right? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, awesome. Okay. Thanks, Patty. All right, guys. Bye now. Bye.